0: This episode is sponsored by Auxilio Partners, managing the business of your church so you can focus on the ministry. Find out how at auxilio.partners/5points.
1: Welcome to the Five Points Church Planting Podcast. We are so thankful for all of our listeners, and we are also grateful for sharing the word. We really appreciate it. We love audience feedback, and if you have ideas for shows, uh, we want to hear it. And we also love questions. And so somebody recently asked about Josh. Uh, He is in the heart of Acadia, and this person loves Cajun food, And they wanted to know Josh's favorite dish and what it's like living in the gourmet Cajun capital of the world. So Josh, without further ado, what you got?
2: Yeah, uh, it, it, it's a tricky question in Acadiana because I will tell you a lot of the restaurants here in town are what you find in Acadiana is a very hodgepodge kind of cultural kind of background. And so you're going to get a real hodgepodge of food. And so what most people think is Cajun um, and Cajun food is, is not something that's going to be as, as readily accessible to what you would just go in and, and find that restaurant or, or a group of restaurants in town. The question really is better asked. What are the types of foods that you would eat home cooked kind of things invited into a Cajun's home? What are the dishes and things that you've come to, to enjoy most? Uh, Otherwise you're just going to have a very eclectic, broad conversation about food here. So what I I would tell you, the things that I've come to enjoy most here, Boudin is uh, which, which which most folks would say Boudin uh, or Boudin is what it looks like when it's spelled. Uh, But Boudin is, it's really just a pork and rice, uh, in a sausage tube. <laughs> <Food>. <laughs> when you say it like that? It doesn't sound like the most appetizing thing on the planet, but, um, there it's it's quite amazing. We actually had a guy in our church wanted to do a men's getaway doing a, a, a boudin tour in the area, and he had like 16 stops along the way. And I'm like, look, nobody can eat that much boudin. We got to <laughs> yeah, we, we got to calm that down a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, and then with that comes a host of variations. You got boudin balls that are boudin in a in a kind of fried ball, you just drop in an oil, um, uh, and then a host of food and egg boudin egg rolls and all kinds of things of that nature. Um, Two other things you're going to get is staples around here uh, that are just good. They sound simple, but they're just next level good here is like a rice and gravy Mm -hmm. um, with like beef or pork in it and uh, a jambalaya. Mm -hmm. Um, And then lastly, just a good gumbo here. But just know that if you're used to like a a seafood gumbo or a gumbo that's like a tomato okra base to it, uh, you will get run out of town on a rail. Uh, oh. It is chicken and sausage gumbo here in Acadiana is what you will get, and it is fantastic.
1: Yeah, that does sound good. What about Etouffee? You know, it is
2: something you will get and can get often, and, and it's a typical Cajun dish. But it is not something that is as readily um, served here um, as you would think it would. And that's another one of those kind of Cajun staples that's probably further south when you get towards New Orleans.
0: Yeah, Reed, what's your go-to? cajun food i'm a simple man hunter it's hard to beat a really good po boy from a hole in the wall in an alley in new orleans with questionable people surrounding you oh yeah oh yeah that's a, that's a good answer so <laughs> that's pretty good um
1: yeah it's kind of like barbecue i guess with po boys it's the worst the, the worst looking the joint is probably the better the food is so speaking of listener feedback, we had someone send us a question and said, in a lot of the topics that you've discussed and the conversations you've had, you mentioned the difficulties and the challenges of church planning and how hard it can be and so forth. And they just wanted to know, what joy do you find in church planning? What excites you about church planning? What drew you to this particular ministry this call to the ministry and, and and clearly we we all know that the lord bringing us through the work of the holy spirit is the answer but there are certain things i believe that uh that make church planning enticing that, that that makes church planning joyful and we've come up with a few of those and thought that we would share those uh, with you this morning so josh what do you think number one is
2: yeah, we were talking through this a little bit off air, um, you know, you can immediately dive into the nuts and bolts of church planting, but um, I think really if, we, if we're if we going to start in the right place, you really want to begin with um, just the ability to see the, the presence of God um, up close and personal at work. Um, uh, in ministry uh you know that can be you can take that the wrong way i mean is the, sure, <laughs> is the lord not yeah. at work in established right. churches and uh things of that nature um but uh you know or is is the presence of god not always at work and, and those kind of dynamics but it's it's the kind of moment by moment, kind of trusting in God and seeing Him at work, opening doors and making opportunities available to you, and divine appointments with the right kinds of people you get to meet with, and and you're meeting with unbelievers, and so you're having these gospel conversations, and you're seeing lights come on in people's eyes, and um and uh, and just to see and to know how fundamentally. Dependent you are on the Lord in ways where you can, it can kind of be padded a little bit. Um, you could be a little bit insulated and in a more established, maybe church setting or environment. Uh, Hunter, you actually use the interesting language that uh, some seasoned ministers use with you, it's uh, less camouflaged. I, I i love that language. Maybe you could tease out a little bit what they what they said to you, uh, using that kind of language.
1: Sure, yeah. That having a conversation with a gentleman that planted three churches and Jim Baird, who was one of the founders of the Presbyterian church in America and former pastor of first press Jackson. And he, he's the one that mentioned camouflage. And he said, clearly, you know, in a, in a, in a Christ honoring gospel centered church, the, the Lord is present in the same way that he is present in a church plant, but there's more camouflage meaning that as a church planter, you're in a smaller setting and it's very up close and personal and you can, you know, you hear the stories of how the Lord is working and you see how the Holy spirit is, is moving because in many aspects you, you have your, your, your fingers on every single area of the church in the early years. And so when something happens and the Lord is moving, you know, but in a bigger church, uh, there's there's many levels, there's many facets, there's many, there's multiple staff, there's leadership on multiple levels. And so it's often a little bit more difficult to know in the moment exactly how the Lord is working. I think that his terminology was good. and and that's been my experience. Planting has been um, just seeing God move through, uh, the core group and seeing God through move through situations and um, his goodness and his mercy. And it's just right there because the it's such an intimate, uh, it's just really such an intimate thing.
0: And it's all so closely woven together. So continuing on, on the joys of church planting, number two you know
2: the 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 joy of the challenge of church planning is it's a lot like i mean in a sense we're 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 starting a church from infancy and there's there's so much joy in and 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 seeing this kind of infant kind of take the steps of of growing along the way uh it's terrifying when they first get on their feet and start walking and you're you're worried about hitting your head there or bumping into this thing over there you're putting up all your guards you're trying to do all the work but but there's something beautiful and joy-filled seeing it take its first steps and to say its first words and all the joys it's so simple it's so early stage stuff and it has it's terrifying too because you're kind of learning along the way with it (laughs) growing with it in a sense but um you know as, as as the church gets older and more established, it has a totally different, unique set of challenges. I'm raising teenagers right now, and they've got all their own ideas, all their own thoughts, all their own contributions. Um, kind of the joy of the early challenges are is seeing it develop by living in kind of the, the terror of, of infancy and trying to keep it from falling apart along the way as you do that. So I, I think that's what I would say about the joy of, of kind of the, the constant
1: challenge of church planning. And you would know this well because you have six children. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yes. We've experienced this problem over and over again, which just makes me uniquely uh, fitted for, for church planning or if nothing else to describe this through that analogy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, Josh, you have, you have, I mean, I have more friends that are pastors of established churches than are church planters. I'm sure it's the same for you. And, um, and, you know, it is a calling to planting, no doubt. Um, But you know we get to see it as i said earlier up close and personal in those infant stages and the development and i mean there's a real joy there when you do this for the first time or you have this service for the first time or you know we just had our first fall festival community outreach and that was you know that was pretty special and um that uh, that doesn't often take place in an established church not to railroad established churches here but um, you know the church is was there before you got there, and it will be there after you leave, more than likely. Hopefully, Lord willing. <laughs> and and so for church planters, I think there is a dynamic joy in those, all those initial stages and all those first things.
0: All right, that brings us to the joy of church planting number three. So,
1: Josh, one of the joys for me in terms of church planting is in the early stages and in the early years, the ability to, to network, to be on the ground, to be out in the community, to be out in your neighborhood, to meet people coming and going, whether churched or unchurched or dechurched, just the ability and freedom to be able to do that as you mingle in coffee shops, as you go to sporting events, as you um, just frankly sometimes you just go to community meetings that you have no business being there really you're just wanting to meet people and it's it's great and it's wonderful and you know in my first church plant that was a thrill and it is the church grew over time you know I looked up and I realized I was going to a deacon meeting I was staying late nights at elders meetings I had to go to the hospital to see this person I had counseling sessions you know eventually as a pastor, as a church planter, your church grows up, it matures, and you start doing more um, pastoral things that are a little bit less church planting things. And I really miss that. I really miss the um, the opportunity to be out and about and shaking hands and meeting people. And it's probably hardwired in my DNA, um, but it brings a real joy to me Um, as a church planner. And I missed it. And it was part of the, you know, one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to do this again. And, um, and it was really hard the second time around because of COVID Um, you know, we started five or six months before COVID hit and the quarantine hit. And now we're a small church plant and I'm having to really figure out ways to schedule time and to make time to to do what I missed in the, in the, you know, first couple of years of planting the church because it's, yeah, it's a, it's a joy for me. Yeah. it was, it's the same
2: for me. I mean,
1: uh,
2: I, I made it, I made a point to get into every official's office and I, you know, I talked to principals and, and fire chiefs and police, um, you know, personnel and, and sheriff's office, police chief, um, local, we have a civic center here, the guy who runs a civic center and, I mean, just anybody and everybody. And and it was a pyramid scheme too, right? You talk to them, (laughs) can you give me three more people to talk to?
1: Right. Yeah.
2: (laughs) And there's something, a ton of fun. You're learning people, you're learning the community where you are, you're cultivating a love for the place and for the people all at the same time. And, you know, we're seven years in now, and we've grown, we particularized, and and I'm with you, there's this portion, you know, as part of a, you know, a local organization, Montecatiana, that kind of civic organization that kind of has its finger into the things of what's going on in the community, and um, kind of a leadership, you know, kind of place, and and I kind of had to take a step back from it uh, through a season of stuff, and of course, uh, COVID had a big hindrance to that, and yeah, there's a sense in which I have to work harder at that now, have to have to be more conscious in making time, um, where in those, those early days, there's yeah. just so much fun in that, yeah. it really is.
1: Yeah, yeah. last week, I um, had a conversation with the lady uh, where I take my dry cleaning, and she's from Taiwan, but she was baptized uh, as a child in a Chinese church, and she wanted to know all about church planning, why I was starting a church and I could have stayed there all day and talked to her. She Mm. had a fascinating life history and she was very encouraging to me. And, um, and I was, you know, being a church planner in in a smaller church plan at this point, I had the time and I had the flexibility to, I mean, I think we talked for close to an hour and, I remember those days of being the pastor of a medium-sized church or a larger church, and just I can hear the clock ticking. Mm-hmm. Like I have yeah. a meeting that I need to be at. I need to go do this on my computer. And so, yeah, the networking aspect is just a pure joy. And I would challenge, you know all church planners as I'm challenging myself and pastors of established churches, like make time for it yeah. because, you can easily that can easily be easily be put aside unfortunately
0: trying to think of something more interesting to say than just number four we're halfway home let's do number four come on price is right (laughs) all right number four
2: yeah. Number four, we have, uh, just, just for those listening, we, 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 felt like we should have a better transition to number four and that's the best we could come up with. So we love y'all. Um, yes. Number four would be, uh, it's the, which one is it right? Like creativity, flexibility, freedom. There's this kind of hodgepodge of just the, I, you know, I, you know, what is the fun thing about church planning? Well, it's fun. <laughs> um, I, the creativity, the flexibility that you have, the freedom that you get to enjoy in church planting. It's just super, super fun. You, you have to think out of the box. You have to kind of go with the flow. You have to change things as you go. I mean, we launched our very first Sunday Um Uh, Our very first kind of public worship service and the very next Sunday was the great flood of uh, in Lafayette that uh, flooded the entire city and we went through a whole kind of natural natural disaster recovery and and we did so kind of um, kind of being pushed aside because of how much it affected other parts of, of Louisiana, and so we didn't get quite the amount of assistance, and so really had to kind of rally in. Uh, there was a big Cajun Navy push during that season, and so we, we had to rethink how we started the church. We really didn't. That was in August and then, uh, of 2016, and then we turned right around and, and, and really felt like we were really starting the church again in, in January of, of, uh, of 2017, and so um, but that was fun because then we just started mucking out houses and the Lord opened a ton of doors to just meet people and invest in people and, and to be there and people in some of the most difficult periods of their lives and to learn more about the the culture than we would have had a chance to otherwise. Uh you know, the freedom when you don't have so many, so many kind of established things already in place to to do what you said, Hunter, to have that time with the lady in a in a um uh at the uh dry cleaning, you know, place or a guy came to church yesterday, uh, or a couple of days ago, last time we met for worship, um, uh, visited the church for the first time I had met him in the second year of church planning at whole foods, do, you know, sitting, doing some work. I'm, you know, I'm at that place where like, if you, you give me a a sideways glance, I'm going to talk to you. And, uh, and I did that with him, had a great conversation about where he was and what's going on. And he he came to church on Sunday, like five years later. And, he was actually in town because he's at Covenant Seminary in St. Louis, uh, getting a counseling degree. And I'm just like, how did that happen? And how did we not get you into the church back then? And so, um, but just a ton of fun and flexibility and creativity and how you think through what you do with children's ministry. And, you know, like Hunter, you could tell them a little bit about planning for a, a small fall festival and, Everybody under the sun in the city showing up for it this past weekend and yeah.
1: uh with your yeah. church. But uh yeah, yeah so fun. create creativity, flexibility, freedom. Josh, you're gonna like this. It's the gumbo of church planning. Um <laughs> and I think I think that, that that has a lot in common with business startups as well. I've talked to a number of people that have started businesses, and one of the things that they will mention is this just allowed me to be more creative and it allowed me to have greater flexibility in my life and freedom to kind of do the things that I wanted to do. I felt like I was stuck in a cubicle. I've heard so many people say, Um, and when we mean creativity and flexibility and freedom, we're, we're not talking about gospel essentials. We're not talking about creedal and confessional theology. We're not talking about, the hard and fast things in the reform tradition. We're just talking about um, life and ministry in church planting. And for me, um, it has been wonderful in, in both church plants to be able to sit down with a group of people and say, Hey, let's get creative about outreach or let's get creative about how we want to do children's ministry, not what we're teaching. Um, you know, how, the flexibility honestly Josh that comes with the schedule of being a church planner like i'm one of the few dads that set most of my kids sporting events i mean i'm always there i'm always present yeah. i love the flexibility of being available to do to help all kind of different ministries around the the city you know can you come say this can you come teach this can you do this for us that's been fantastic. Yeah, church planning is unbelievably hard work, and there are many late nights, but there's a great level of flexibility that, that comes with it. Um, and then just the freedom not to be um, bound by the traditions of the church. Now, a lot of those traditions are fantastic, and they are very biblical, but there are a lot of, and I think we all know this, there are a lot of traditions in the church that are not. And so as a church planter, You just have a freedom that established church pastors don't have. I mean, I have a a really good friend who, I mean, he thought that he was going to lose his job because he changed the cover of the bulletin. And uh, as a church planner, you know, you can change the bulletin like 50 weeks out of the year. And I don't think anybody's going to say anything. Um, I just changed ours and nobody's left the church yet. (laughs) There you go. And so, yeah, that gumbo of creativity, flexibility, and freedom is it's it's it's
0: joyful at times, it really is. Yeah. Now there are only two more joys of church planting that exist. And here is number five. That was a great intro. Thank you. Thank you, Reed. Yeah,
1: we've we we Josh, that means that between the two of us, that we figured it all out. There are only six joys, and we yes. have nailed. No All doubt. six. No, um, doubt. no doubt. Yeah. For the, for the family, um, often when discussions about church planting come up, it's how hard it is on the family and how challenging it is on your wife and the hard nature. But I would contend that there's a flip side to it, um, and that's the joy of doing ministry together as a family. Um, we have, we're in a good place right now as a family. And it's, um, because in part we're all in it together in starting Trinity. And, you know, I've mentioned in past episodes, I was very concerned about my daughter because she would be the only one that was high school age and watching her help in the nursery and help with the kids on Sunday evening and getting to know the women in the church Um, and just assisting with a lot of small things around the plant, um, I think it's been been good for her soul, and it's helped her understand what it means to serve. And the same thing could be said for my son. And so we sit down at the table together almost every evening, and we're praying for the church plant, and we're praying for the people in the church plant, and they are understanding the, the importance of what it is that we are hoping to accomplish and you know um at the festival josh that you mentioned um, not just a few seconds ago which was this past weekend uh, my daughter i mean she worked the entire time and my son i mean he worked half the time i expected him to be running around painting pumpkins jumping in the bounce house eating snow cones and there he was wanting to help serve popcorn to the longest line that you have ever seen for popcorn. Um, And so, yes, church planning can be very hard on a family. But if you think about it as ministry correctly and as an opportunity for your family to serve together in unison as one, it can be a really blessed thing. Yeah, it's been a it's been a huge blessing, even
2: this go round. Because you know, times past, I've kind of served uh, own staff at the at church plants, and this time starting from the beginning, there's a there's a family wide ownership. And look, you know, this is the positive podcast. I mean, you're right, on, right, on yeah, church plant. Right. So we could talk all about needing to set boundaries and making sure your family is not become a sure. slave to the church plant. But but there's also, you know. I would say primarily when you when you when the full when the family takes full ownership of this thing together man there's so many beautiful things that come from it my one of my daughters well both of my daughters one of them kind of spearheading and the other one serving with her they started a, a children's choir at the church that they they built a vision for they wrote out a ministry plan they submitted it they and every week they show up with crafts and fanfare and there's other ladies in the church that are helping them and but the kids have just, our children have responded so strongly to it. It's become really a dynamic ministry in the church. And just to watch them own that, to be a part of it, to see them from week to week, folding bulletins and helping get the church straight before everybody gets there and, and really loving um, and owning the church as their own as well. It's just been such a, such a, a joy and, and blessing for us.
0: Yeah, it's a good word. And finally, number six, the last joy in church planting.
2: Yeah, uh, the the last one is, uh, it's kind of, it's the one thing that everybody, uh, it's, somehow it happens along the way in the church where you look up and somebody one Sunday says, I miss the days when we, and, and fill in the blank, and. You know, early days of church planning and even throughout the the, the the life of the early, you know, several, you know, three to five years of the church. It's really an all hands on deck kind of dynamic Um uh, and, and what you find out years down the road is everybody looks back and says, man, you know, everybody's going to grumble and complain because they have to set up and take down and they got to be on a rotation and they got a busy life. And they were planning to go to the football game that weekend. And now they got to find somebody to fill in for them and <laughs> all mm-hmm. those things. Yeah. But later down the road, they'll say, I got to know more people. I got to be, we grew as a family, as a unit, as a, as a body. In those days of working hand in hand, setting up chairs and setting up cartons or whatever your particular setup process looks like on Sunny morning, building out a nursery in a, in, a, in a foreign space, you know, week to week or Sunday to Sunday, um, you know, church picnics and outreach projects where you invite 50 but 500 show up and all of a sudden you're going to scramble and figure out what to do and how to get there and, you um, And everybody's kind of got to work together to make a plan to get it done. Somebody runs to the store to buy more popcorn seeds and um, somebody's staying there to pop the popcorn seeds and, and whatever the case may be. Uh, we've had a, we've had it happen on so many levels in so many different ways, but everybody's just got to be committed and invested. And, and they're, they're talking with each other, they're invested in the process. And it's so tangible um, that it really is one of the most beautiful community establishers um, of anything I've seen in the church.
1: Yeah. So Josh, there is a real joy with all hands on deck. My family extended family went skiing this past spring break and the, Part of our family, the group in our family that were not great sk- skiers, me included, we went in the wrong direction as a group, and the slopes were closing, and we were so lost, and 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 it was so challenging, and it was so hard, and we were on a blue when we should have been on the green, and the basically the whole mountain closed, and we were the only ones left, and and a guide had to come get us and help us get down, and you know that that episode has created more laughs and it created more togetherness. And from my young nephews to my sister-in-laws, we have laughed about it and it's, it's, it's going to be a great story in our family forever. Um, And uh, it's very similar to planning a church. I mean, it's the men, women and children. They're all involved. It's difficult terrain. It's tough sledding, Mm -hmm. but When you come out on the other side, you look back and you realize that um, this drew us closer together. We became a church family. We really got to know each other. I got to know this person's child. I got to know this person's teenager. Uh, Just It's a real deep bonding experience as a church family. And saw that the first time and seeing it again the second time, you know, Last weekend after worship, I, someone took a picture of three children, all five years and younger, trying to fold one of the tablecloths um, on their own initiative. Nobody asked them to do it. So at five, four, and three, I think that's their ages, they're grasping the concept of we're all in this together. We're a church family. I want to help my church. And that was just joyful to observe that picture um, and and be able to, to, you know, put it out on social media um, as a reminder of the faithfulness and the goodness of God. So, yeah, the all-hands-on-deck is definitely one of the most joyful aspects of planning.
0: Yeah.
1: So, Josh, I've enjoyed this episode. I've enjoyed talking about the joys of church planning because, you know, we live in a fallen world. We're fallen, sinful broken people. and often in the busyness of ministry, you can your soul can can be downcast and you can you can worry and you can have anxiety and you can forget how good the Lord is and how gracious He is and that He's called you to this. He's called you to this mission work. And so look, it's been good for me just to stop and reflect over a few days leading up to this about, all the great things about being a church planner, being a pastor, um, serving the Lord, planting a church. Um, I'm very thankful. And, um, you know, I realized that I'm not as thankful as I should be, to be completely honest.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm grateful for it. And, and I would, I would, you know, uh just the ability to kind of think through and remember the times because obviously Hunter, you and I've planted the uh, previous church together and then uh, talking through our individual experiences now, and just remembering the joys of that. It is a privilege to do what we do and to be able to take some time and think on that. And I follow that up just to say as well, um, what a joy it is as well to hear from you. uh, Some of our listeners, things that y'all would like to hear, you know, things that are important to you or helpful to y'all. It was so good to get the question and for us to think on it and to know what are the kind of, um, you know, probing or plaguing questions that uh, that that rest in your minds as you do this kind of uh, task of church planning, and we'd love for you to uh, to get reach out, give us some more feedback, or, or offer some more kind of thoughts and suggestions on things you would like to hear more on. So, thank you for that as well.
1: Yeah, you can reach out to us through our Facebook page or our Instagram account, or email us at reformplanting at gmail.com. So on behalf of Reed and
0: Josh, we're thankful for you. That's a great way to end the show. That's the last word for now. Thanks to you for joining us and listening today. You can reach us with comments or questions on Twitter or Facebook at Five Points Planting or by email at reformplanting at gmail.com. See y'all next time. Five Points Church Planting is a member of the Society of Reformed Podcasters.